0: Love, talk, radio.
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a special Friday morning edition of SIN's Chat Corner. As most of you know, I typically don't schedule my uh, interviews for Friday morning, but this is a special circumstance. I'm very fortunate this morning to report that I will be interviewing uh, one of the new castmates of the Real Housewives of Miami, this individual being Dr. Karen Sierra. If any of you have been plugging into the show, which obviously recently just initiated, I believe we've just gotten through two episodes. This particular individual is not only what is classified to be a celebrity dentist to the stars, but also a very multifaceted individual. She has done uh, commercial work. She has done hand modeling. She has also been crowned in various different pageants in addition to which um she's also got herself a relatively younger and handsome individual who she's been dating um so I'm very curious to find out different elements uh, of her life as it relates to obviously her castmates um her initiation into the Bravo family getting her thoughts as it relates to the uh television show etc so this should prove itself to be a fascinating interview so without further ado let's get on the line with Karen Good morning Karen hello Yes. How are you? good morning. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming on the show this morning. I appreciate it. Oh,
0: no, it's my pleasure. My pleasure to speak with you and uh, and all the oh, listeners to you. hear what what we have to talk about.
1: <laughs> yes, there is just a number, I have just a plethora of questions, but first off, I just want to start off by saying I, of course, am not only um, the host of the show, but I'm also a fan, and I have to say in the last two weeks, I'm just very blown away, you just you have a charisma about you that is just undeniable, and you're going to be a fan favorite, I can kind of see that established right off the bat here. So oh, I you thank know. you
0: so much, I appreciate the compliment.
1: Oh, not at all whatsoever. Um, I thought to kind of maybe start off on our interview, I thought it might be only fitting to discuss the commencement of your working relationship with Bravo. Um, what do you feel was their motivation for approaching you?
0: Well, my good friend and publicist, Liza Santana, urged me to do it as a way to draw awareness to my foundation, which is called Sharing Smiles. And it's a foundation that I opened up, started about two and a half years ago, and it's to offer free dentistry to underprivileged children here in South Florida. And my work in visibility in the community, you know, I did. This was the best way that I could use it as a platform to just create more awareness.
1: I gotcha. Okay, absolutely wonderful cause. Um, Had you ever envisioned becoming a reality TV show participant in the past? Did that ever occur to you?
0: Frankly, it had never occurred to me until, you know, Liza approached me last year and said, look, looking for someone I think you'd be fabulous for it, why don't you go ahead and do it? And so I just gave it a shot. You know, I I just went blindly but, you know, just trusting that, you know, I could create awareness one way or the other, you know, through my foundation, for my foundation and, you know, and and just speak my mind.
1: I gotcha. Okay. Were there any relationships in existence with the castmates in the year prior to filming?
0: I did so, know some of the cast members socially, just at social events at parties, and there's um, other women that I had never met before. But I could be happy to say that I forged some beautiful relationships and friendships with some of the new women.
1: I was just going to ask you that. I, are there particular individuals that you feel most connected to or just have some form of an alliance that just kind of clicked mm-hmm. for you?
0: Yes. It was an, it, it was like an immediate alliance, an immediate click uh, with Joanna Krupa and Lisa Hawkstein.
1: Ah, I gotcha. Okay. And so I I guess what I'm gathering is, and which we all like to talk about, and I know you have prefaced this in other interviews before in saying that, is it actually true in that what we're watching fold out each and every week is actually indeed what's going on, meaning sometimes you think reality shows, so the drama's kind of pumped in. Um, Do you kind of go along with that theory, or are you thinking, yeah, what you're seeing is what you're getting?
0: Well, you know what, to be honest with you, before I was in a reality TV show, I would have thought the same thing, and I did think the same thing. Once I started filming and I realized that it's not fabricated. I think some of these women that have joined, and, you know, I'm, I'm generalizing here, but some of the women that join these reality shows have their own hidden agenda, whether it's to bring someone down in order to make themselves look better um, and security. You know, they just they realize the power of reality TV and how important it is nowadays in the United States and, you know, the platform it is. And so I think they create their own drama with some of the women to try to make themselves more relevant. And it's definitely real. It's real in the sense that it's not fabricated by the producers in any way, shape, or form. At least it wasn't with me, and I never saw that. It was just the women themselves that will go out of their way to create, you know, or or find ways to fight with you and uh, create arguments, and you just have to know if you want to deal with that or if you want to stay above all that and you know obviously you'll see throughout the season that i decided to stay above you know stooping to the level of just arguing for the sake of arguing shall we say
1: oh definitely i understand certainly um now obviously last year the uh you know what we hear in the press and in the news of course obviously As it relates to your show, certainly there's a difference in that last year. Ratings, et cetera, just weren't as ideal as one would like. Now, from your own perspective, do you feel that there's a higher level of expectation on people such as yourself to make this season flourish from a rating standpoint?
0: Um, I sure do. It's like in any situation when there's newbies coming in. Standards are set. Perceptions are already created. And it's like coming into a sorority or fraternity. You know, you have to you know step up to the plate and and i think the new the new girls are definitely doing that this season
1: okay i gotcha now um unfortunately one would like to believe that all castmates get along and say nothing but nice things um now i know it's been <laughs> heard some of the cast has said that maybe your presence on the show could precipitate some additional drama now how would you address that issue
0: Unfortunately, that's how it is when you have so many women together with these fiery personalities and some with a lot of insecurities. People mistake confidence for arrogance. And in this case, I think too much time is spent focusing on silly topics within some of the women themselves.
1: I gotcha. Now, in your eyes, are you of the belief that all female-based reality shows maybe carry an aura of drama by just their mere existence, meaning throwing those well, women together and putting them on a show?
0: Well, you know, reality TV has become so popular because of drama in varying levels, hasn't it? (laughs) It's almost uh, unpredictable and...
1: Definitely. And, of course, obviously nowadays, I guess that was my other question to ask you. Do do you almost feel like there's too much reality television? That occurred to me the other day. I'm like, are we just being bombarded by reality, reality?
0: You know what? Um, I think to a certain sense, there is. And, like I said, I can always compare myself to before reality TV and after reality TV, and I think we are getting bombarded so much, And but I also believe that the reason why we're getting bombarded so much with all this reality TV
1: is because the audience
0: is requesting it. You know, the TV stations, you know, they definitely do a lot of surveys, they do a lot of polls of what the people want to watch, and I always thought, you know, what is going on? Everything's turning into reality TV, and I didn't understand it. But, you know, the producers and executives of all these channels and all these stations have actually done their research and they, they've they pulled, you know, different people in different communities and they really enjoy watching real people instead of just actors.
1: Certainly. And just to take it a step further, I'm just curious on your thoughts. Do you think that if you had heightened down the drama, maybe not necessarily in your show, but just maybe in general as it relates to reality TV, do you think people would still be compelled to watch as often?
0: I am not sure. I don't think so. At the end of the day, most people just love you know, seeing the outrageous, the craziness, the the scandals, because it's it's a it's a interesting you know society in which we live in that the crazier the people, the more people want to watch, and it just it kind of brings that eerie sense of entertainment, shall we call it? Okay, gotcha.
1: Now this uh, particular question, I'm interested in the answer to because I happen to notice that you had made this statement yourself, so I'd like you to address okay. it if you could. When you've said. Sure. I am the Bethany Frankel of the show, and obviously, of course, <laughs> I'm familiar in most are the Bethany Frankel. So I kind of think I know what you're talking about, but maybe elaborate on that and tell us what you mean by that.
0: Yes, I'd be more than happy to. Um, I've always admired Bethany Frankel. Even the first, second, third seasons when she was on The Real Housewives in New York, she was being attacked by all her castmates, by all her supposed friends. And I admire a lot of Bethany's choices as an entrepreneur, a strong woman who takes care of herself and her body, And I can draw a lot of parallels between us, although I've never had the pleasure of meeting her. So I think she's, you know, she'd never let herself get down by the criticism of the other women because a lot of times criticism is the best form of flattery, you know, and if they can't think of anything else to do, they'll criticize you to try to make themselves look better. But, you know, the truth always wins out in the end.
1: Definitely. I would agree with you there. Very good point. Okay, for those of the listening audience that do not know this, you were born in New York and raised in Florida, and of course, if you watch the show, you know that you are from Colombian heritage. Um, Correct. I'm curious to ask, what are the most prominent memories and values that your family has passed along to you? Well,
0: I will tell you that my parents, especially my mom, taught me that family is everything. You know, it's your constant, it's your constant thing, and I was also encouraged to study and become a person that I could feel good about myself when i look at myself in the mirror being independent and not having to depend on someone else to provide for me you know having an education is the one thing that no one can ever steal or take away from you it's something that you hold within you and that's something that was instilled by my mom and dad you know to always you know if you happen to marry into money if you happen to marry wealthy that's wonderful and all but that that's not going to be the determining factor in order to fall in love and get married you know i have my education i have my independence and somebody coming into my family, it will just add to me. I don't have to depend on them. I, You know, by this, I'm a person of morals, a person of character, and who understands the importance of principles and also giving back. Gotcha.
1: Okay. Now, have you been able to sustain a healthy and functional relationship with them despite the intrusions of the camera?
0: You know what? Yes, I have. I'm blessed to have a very supportive family, which is how and why we're able to live together. My father uh-huh. was a little hesitant at first, but at the end he finally gave in.
1: <laughs> ah, I gotcha, because I can imagine for your family standpoint, coming in, they're they're kind of watching you or kind of in your face a lot, and I imagine that must be far more difficult for your family than for yourself, per se.
0: Correct. I completely agree with you, but you know what? It was interesting because... I think my mom's a natural. <laughs> from the first ah, time we filmed really? with her, she was just enjoying it. I think from here she wants to move on to Hollywood.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness, look at that. And there's such adorable people, too. Just watching those scenes mm-hmm. with you where you have your boyfriend and yourself and then your family yes. in a room together, it's just, it, it's, it's just a very nice, solidified family situation, which is it just is. another thing an, to admire.
0: Correct. And it's an interesting dynamic because us, you know, you know, belonging to a Hispanic family, it's it's very different. I actually studied in Wisconsin and Milwaukee, but, you know, the, the cultural changes and differences is very evident because as a single woman, I want to enjoy every moment that I have with my parents. And, you know, I will obviously not live with them the day that I'm married, but I want to be able to just enjoy the few times that I am at home, be able to spend quality time with them.
1: Uh, definitely so. And now are you able to explore that Hispanic side of yourself, meaning within home, do you remain your cultural side and, and do practices and cook the foods and, and do all of the things of your culture?
0: Absolutely. We cook. We have fun. We, you know, we try to spend quality time together, which to me is the most
1: important thing. Certainly. Gotcha. Now, um, to those that are listening who are unaware of your background, now I, of course, was tickled pink that you, of course, attended a dental school in my home state. You're the first person on my show, actually, who's done that. (laughs) Yes, that's very, very exciting to me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you got her education here. How lovely is that? Um, Maybe you could explore for us just your path, which led you to the establishment of your flourishing dental practice.
0: Well, I'll be honest with you. I have two older sisters that also started in Marquette University. And they went on to become dentists. My brother-in-law also became a, de- uh, became a dentist. They actually met in dental school. And I realized I loved dentistry, and I really wanted to pursue the career because it also offered me a lot of independence. I could set my own hours, work when I wanted to work. And I realized when I was little, I never enjoyed going to a dentist. It was always a torture, and they had no empathy for you. They were like, okay, open wide, stick a needle in and just put up with the pain. And the reason I think my dental practice has flourished, and I say this humbly, is because I've put empathy back into the dental office, and I've realized that there is a lot of fears uh, due to previous negative dental experiences from patients, and I've been able to establish a kind of dental spa in which the patients are able to relax. We, We don't treat this like a normal office in which, you know, people are just a number. Our patients don't wait because we realize the more they wait, the more anxious they get. And we offer all these amenities like paraffin wax for the hands infused with aromatherapy, video eyewear. Sometimes if it's an adult patient in the afternoon, we offer them a glass of wine. So I think, you know, this whole journey of establishing this dental practice has made it um, a, a not only a profitable one, but at the end of the day, it makes me be able to go to sleep and put my head at night in the pillow and know that I did something good for my patients, not just offer of dentistry, but also f- compassion as well.
1: Certainly, certainly. Um, and that's a good thing, and it's a good point you brought up because those of us, including myself, obviously have a high anxiety. It's usually the gynecologist and the dentist that we avoid at all costs. Painful, true, painful, right? painful.
0: That <laughs> so is it's true nice.
1: It's, it's <laughs> too nice goodness. Now, due, of course, to your illustrious skills and your professional demeanor, I understand that you've formulated some working relationships with various celebrities. To to some that don't know, which I was going to surprise, Eva Longoria being one of them, John Cicada, which uh, that's my fantasy husband someday, Pitbull, which, of course, my kids are in love with. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, Is it your ultimate goal to maintain more of that celebrity-based practice, or do you think you want to delve more into just a general client base?
0: Well, I cater to both, to be honest with you, um, whether it's the regular layman person that is not a celebrity as well as my celebrity clientele. I'm a dentist. I love what I do. And my goal is, as it relates to dentistry is to continue to change people's lives by helping them improve their self-esteem, you know, due to their great smile. So although on the show, obviously, they, they portray my celebrity clientele and they, they focus on that, but I would say it's it's about a 50 division between whether you're a celebrity or a non-celebrity.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Now, forgive me for asking this question, but I'm certain anyone that's listening and the layman person such as myself is curious to know this question. Do you ever feel that at some point between, obviously, the popularity of the show and then individuals who already know that you're treating said celebrities, do you feel that your practice might flourish in some way, maybe to some degree because of the celebrity clientele you have? that make sense to you?
0: I, I will definitely think so because I think everyone in, in society is a fan of one person or another. I know I have my set of people that I admire, look up to as celebrities, and, and I think that's just in human nature that if you realize somebody is going to the certain dentist, oh, my gosh, the chances of maybe me seeing the person or maybe meeting them, you know, will probably drive them to want to come to my office just because of that. So I, I definitely have to agree with you there.
1: Okay, I got gotcha. you. And just on a personal note, of course, I have to ask this question. So, John Sicari is—he is absolutely wonderful, as one would imagine, because he's just happy. You know
0: what? <laughs> he is one. I will be happy to tell you that John Sicari to me is one of the most humble, nicest human beings I've ever met in my life. He is actually married to my best friend now, and I've known—I've been friends with him for over twenty years, twenty twenty-two years—and he is an amazingly talented person. And not only, you know, is he a talented person, but he is an amazing human being with incredible, incredible qualities.
1: Oh, that's amazing. That's so wonderful. Yeah. Yes. And I'm very lucky. I just hooked up with his publicist not long ago, so it looks like we're going to formulate an interview for my show, so I can't tell you how tickled pink I am about this. Oh, I think it's wonderful. It's going to be an amazing journey. Yes, it'll be great. Yeah. Um You had actually touched on this earlier, um, but I'm going to say your dental practice differentiates itself in that you obviously offer a potpourri of different cosmetic services, meaning things such as Botox or Juvederm or laser hair removal. Um, What served as the primary motivation for incorporating those services into your practice, or was it always a mainstay like when you established you thought, I'm just going to do this from the get-go?
0: Well, I had a feeling I wanted to do it, but it was actually an answer to the demand in the market and many of my clients who wanted these services privately. My actual patients were asking me for it, and they sit well, in my dental spa concepts. I'm fixing their smile, I'm, I'm, you know, making this beautiful smile, and all of a sudden the patients are like, well, now you fix fixed my smile,
1: how about the little wrinkles next to my smile? Oh, <laughs> so I was happy okay. to oblige. I gotcha. Okay, and now is this something that you practice in yourself? Meaning, some of these things are you these types of things that you utilize for yourself? Because you're perfect as you are. I
0: absolutely do. Yes. No. Thank you so much. That's very sweet of you. But you know, I think there's always a little room for extra (laughs) perfection. Oh, of
1: course.
0: And I will be happy to admit that I do apply Botox on myself every once in a while to just try to maintain that little refreshed and youthful appearance.
1: Ah, I gotcha. Okay, and then in terms of your own dental work, you know, you certainly can't work on yourself, so I'm presuming now do you have to go out of office or do you provide for yourself there in office?
0: I actually well, I do have a hygienist in my office that, you know, definitely cleans my teeth, but I, I don't know if you remember, I'm very fortunate from what I mentioned before, is that my two sisters are also dentists, so I just yes. have to drive over to Naples and have them treat me if I need anything Oh, done. wonderful,
1: so your your sisters are local then, Okay.
0: Yes, well, they're about an hour drive off. They they live in Naples on the west coast of Florida.
1: Oh, okay, I got it. Okay, and of course, uh, are they individuals that will be incorporated into the show at some point this season?
0: Not this season, because we tried doing it, but due to, you know, the production hectic schedule and my sister's hectic schedule, we couldn't coordinate the season, but maybe next season they will be integrated in somehow, some way.
1: I gotcha, because I, as a viewer, that's the first thing I thought of was, well, it would be an interesting dynamic to see you as dentist, and of course, dentist sisters, it's a nice dynamic as it relates to exactly. the entire picture. Yeah, um, No, Now, I'm curious to ask um, how your collaboration with Colgate transpired and what duties you fulfill as uh, serving as their spokesperson. Well, it was actually interesting because ever since dental
0: school and ever since I graduated, I was always a, shall we call it, a big fan of Colgate. They've done their research and it's one of the only toothpaste recommended by the ADA that, you know, fights gingivitis, fights gum disease, fights plaque. And so in my dental practice before I was the Colgate spokesperson, I was always an advocate for Colgate and recommended it always to my patients, Colgate Total. But besides being a dentist, I am also an actress. I do castings, I do TV commercials and they were looking for a true dentist. They didn't want actors but they were looking for two dentists for a Colgate commercial. I got casted and obviously got picked. And every once in a while they send me to different parts around the country to help promote you know, healthy teeth. Uh, Colgate has a big initiative with Walmart, which is a Healthy Smiles. And, you know, we try to just educate, you know, communities around the country. And besides the TV commercials that you see in the Hispanic market. So, it's it's actually been wonderful because it's helped my career out as a dentist because everybody recognizes me, oh, you're the dentist folks, you know, the Colgate spokesperson, person, mm-hmm. and, and they will recognize me just through there. But I wouldn't just do it just for the sake of doing the acting. I, I actually do believe in the product 100%. Oh,
1: okay. I've got gotcha. you. And obviously, since you are a dentist, it kind of goes without saying that. I have to throw this question out here. Um, and since I can pick your brain, for those of us who have children, let's say, for instance, um, Sure. Maybe just advise us in terms of, like for instance, I have a child who happens to be seven years old and he now has okay. three cavities despite our repeated, yes. fl- you know, the flossing we're not great on, the brushing we're terrific on. So for parents out there that kind of struggle when you've got that age bracket of maybe six to ten, what what should we not be doing or what should we be doing in the way of healthy maintenance for their teeth?
0: Well, I will tell you, it's it's depending on the, the age bracket between six to ten, the very most important thing is definitely fluoride. And whether it's, you know, supermarkets or pharmacies, they sell a fluoride called Act Fluoride that you can have the child rinse out with between your regular dental checkups. And I think it's very important to make sure that, you know, they are taking the fluoride. It's so important. And nowadays, you know, the society has turned into everyone drinking bottled water. And bottled water, although it's healthy and it's great, but they remove a lot of the minerals and the vitamins that we do need for, you know, for a healthy living. And, all the, you know, and that's why, you know, although bottled water is wonderful and it's convenient, we always have to remember that it's, the, <coughs> sorry, the fluoride has been removed and so we definitely need to follow up with extra fluoride to make sure that, you know, we prevent any further decay or any new decay.
1: I've uh, gotcha. Now, on the flip side of the coin, obviously, as adults, we're all too aware of the fact that things such as cigarette smoking or drinking alcohol and things of that of nature are certainly going to cause more of a serious issue as it relates to our teeth. So, in terms of adult maintenance, any good suggestion there?
0: You know what? What I always tell people is floss. Uh, I always tell this to adults: floss only the teeth that you want to keep, because <laughs> people oh. realize, you know. And if you think of it like that, they'll be like, "Oh, okay." Because what, what flossing does is that it cleans out the surfaces in between the teeth that the toothbrush does to the parts that are visible. So if you floss, you know the teeth that you want to keep, you're going to make sure you floss everything, and that will definitely maintain you know good periodontal health and hopefully keep your teeth for the rest of your life. <laughs>
1: Oh, certainly. Absolutely wonderful. Okay, I just wanted to throw out some further accolades to your resume, which is you served as Miss Carnival Miami in 1992, and we know that you've done commercial work as well as hand modeling. Um, Do you think there's any possibility of your re-involvement in any of those occupations?
0: Well, I will tell you, never say never, and I've always had a passion. I think my two strongest passions have always been my dentistry and TV work and acting. And I think I definitely want to be able to pursue a little bit more of the TV now that I have established my office. I can I've been able to balance out both careers, and I, I definitely would love to pursue more of the TV industry.
1: Ah, wonderful. Okay, now we get to talk about probably one of your favorite subjects: your boyfriend. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, viewers of the show are obviously well acquainted that you have a handsome and a little bit younger boyfriend, Rodolfo. Now, I maybe you know he's not later, younger or on- older than me. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. I made a faux pas. <gasps>
0: <laughs> That's okay. It He's a older than me.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, now I don't feel so bad. I should have known that, too. <laughs> I was watching the show and doing research. Darn it. Um,
0: That's okay. He it, just turned 40.
1: Okay. Now, if you can just maybe enlighten our audience as to how you originally met and maybe share with us what makes you carry that endearing passion for each other that seems to play out on screen so well.
0: Well, it was interesting. We actually met at a cocktail party about three years ago, and it was interesting because I saw him. i never met him before, and, I, I, you know, obviously our eyes met. And I was like, okay, this is a good-looking guy. We didn't talk much because he, at that moment, seemed to be a little bit shy. And, you know, he thought that I was going to come up to him, and I go, okay, some women do that, but I'm very old-fashioned. I'm not going to come up to you and start talking. We got introduced, but nothing really played out that night. And then the following week, I was at a friend of mine, Sammy Sosa, who was the next baseball player. And oh, yeah. uh, his birthday party, and we had, you know, we we're both friends with him. And then we just started talking there, and it was kind of like, love at first sight. We just, you know, you know, he asked me, I was like, oh, I saw you last week at that cocktail party, but you didn't come up to me. And I'm like, no, Rodolfo, I'm not going to come up to you. If you wanted to talk to me, you can come up to me. So we're always
1: laughing about that. that,
0: you know. He finally got the guts to talk to me at the second party, and, and you know, it, we actually hit it off from there.
1: That's wonderful. Now, obviously, with his career and your career, does that ever pose any kind of a formidable strain as it relates to just having time together?
0: I'm not going to lie to you. It definitely forms a strain because in any relationship, you have to work at it. It's hard work to maintain any type of relationship, whether it's working, a, you know, a a formal, intimate relationship. And the fact that he does have to travel a lot, it puts a little bit of a strain because you want to be able to spend just normal quality time with that person, but they're most of the time out of a con- you know out of the country, living sure. out of suitcases. So it's it's hard, but you just have to try to make it work, you know, as as best as you can.
1: Well, certainly. Now, do you think that he ever feels uh, somewhat of a discomfort level in that? Obviously, you're sharing a home with your parents, so it's not like the traditional relationship. Does that work oh, well for him? That dynamic.
0: Well, you know what, <laughs> it's a little bit uncomfortable sometimes just because you're limited into your privacy, you know, and in certain situations. But I think
1: viewers will see that on the show, that
0: dynamic between my parents and Rodolfo and when it works and when it doesn't.
1: <laughs> ah, certainly, I've gotcha. Okay, and of course any good woman is going to ask this question because we all want to know, which is, do we think that there might be a wedding bill somewhere down in that future?
0: You know what? I am a person of faith and whatever faith that may be for anybody else, it's you know, I've just put everything in God's hands and if it's meant to be it, it'll happen and only only time will tell, shall we say?
1: Oh definitely. Certainly. Um I'm going to tread lightly on this because, of course, anyone who is listening knows that if you just watched the show recently, we've had a bit of an altercation as it relates to uh, the text messages of Donna. So we're curious to find out the the situation revolving around that. Um, Has it come to any form of a successful resolution? Is it still something that we're going to see play out again and again? I mean, where do you stand on this personally?
0: Well, the only thing I can tell you right now is that you're going to have to just watch Bravo and find uh, out.
1: <laughs> ah, she's not going to give any of that away, is she? So now we're going to have we to watch it. can't give that
0: away. You have to just tune in to Real Housewives of Miami. Sure,
1: sure. certainly. And us as women, we watch this, and, I, and I'm watching this myself the other night, and I'm thinking to myself, hmm, it does kind of sound suspicious as woman to woman, and you start to kind of feel sure. badly even though we don't know you, you know, as an individual person. It's kind of like, hmm, they're in a relationship and this doesn't look great. Right. But, you try to keep an open bias here and we'll see how it is.
0: It um, sounds good. Yes.
1: Yes, definitely. Now, I wanted to touch on this more so because of course viewers are are certainly always in tune with the internet and the sorts of news that come in and recently you had been cited uh, apparently there was an incident with you selling a vehicle recently which apparently was the same said vehicle which Lindsay Lohan was involved in an accident. Um is there anything that you can tell us or make a statement in regards to that um I, I'm always fascinated how the media can twist things sometimes.
0: Oh, I know. I just got on the internet when I I when I actually found out about it and I was like, Oh my gosh, they, you know, they changed the storyline so much and but I will tell you this is that I was completely unaware of anyone other than the new owner which is a friend of mine and patient driving a vehicle. Being someone with a clean driving record here in South Florida, the last thing I would do would be ever to get into a situation that you know, as this one in another state. With someone else being behind the wheel, but sorry. The filming with the show—sorry, <laughs> filming through the show—you know, That's with okay. the show, all the different press engagements, and obviously a very busy travel schedule that we have now. The paperwork hadn't been executed a hundred percent for the sale of the Porsche, but okay. you know, I'm not responsible for that very unfortunate occurrence that took place with Lindy Lohan, and I actually have never met her. So, oh. we'll see how okay. it continues to play out.
1: I gotcha. Um, and do you feel? And again. Every person has their own opinion. Obviously, Lindsay Lohan has had her share of incidences in the news and et cetera, and I actually feel very badly for her as an individual. I think she might get a bad rap at some point. Um, I guess, do you have any concerns about your name and and her name being associated with each other in terms of uh, your career, her career, that sort of thing?
0: Well, you know what? I don't because, first of all, like I stated, I've never met her, and people will always want to make tie-ins one way or another, and I actually just started laughing about it when when I started seeing – all the blogs and all the articles on TMZ and all the other websites and TV shows. Because, you know what, All I can, the reason why I was laughing is because people will come to their own conclusions whether it's true or not, but I think it's just going to be fabulous for the ratings because I think a lot of people just tuned in to see who this Karen Sierra was associated with Lindsay Lohan. Right.
1: So yeah, all all I can exactly do is right.
0: help the ratings.
1: Oh, my goodness, good for you. What a positive attitude. That's absolutely awesome. Absolutely wonderful. Yes. I like that. Thank you. Thank um, you. I think most of us are obviously very curious because we don't consider you to be average by any stretch of the imagination, but <laughs> um, if you could tell us, what's your average day? Now, we all know, obviously, you're a dentist, so clearly that's your day job. So if we kind of shadowed you around for a day, uh, take us around with you. Tell us what you do.
0: Well, if it's a day that I'm working as a dentist, because I work three days a week as in my dental office, I usually okay. wake up early. I'm going to grab my, my smoothie and my shot of wheatgrass because I'm not, uh, you know, always eating as healthy as I can. So the wheatgrass helps, you know, with all the vitamins. And I usually rush into my office about 830 in the morning. And we don't take a lunch hour because I only work three days a week. I work long hours during those three days, and we do not take a lunch hour. So we kind of just munch whenever we have a couple of minutes in between patients. So during the day that I'm working as a dentist, I'm kind of just, you know, working one patient after the other. I don't see multiple patients at once, so I just focus on one patient per hour. And usually when I leave there, I just rush out of there and go to my Pilates class, try to do a little bit of Pilates or spinning to try to just de stress myself and, and try to, you know, have a healthy lifestyle as best as I can. And usually oh. by the time I get home, it's about 9 o'clock at night, and I'm absolutely exhausted. And like I said, like since I do live with my parents, I get to enjoy seeing them, even if it's for five minutes, but then I just go straight to bed and go to sleep.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was going to ask that. Are there particular maybe rituals you have with your family per week where you say, you know what, as busy as I am, I'm still going to make time to do this with my family or this with my significant other? Uh, do you hold any of those traditional things each week that you do?
0: Well, you know what? We don't have a traditional ritual per se. I think we just make sure that if we haven't seen each other for three or four days, and that fifth day we're going to make a point of whether it's having lunch, having dinner, playing card games, or doing something. And we've been pretty good at trying to maintain that. If you try to force yourself that every Tuesday night is game night or every Wednesday we're having dinner and obviously having the busy schedule that I have – it's very hard to try to keep that as every Wednesday or a certain time schedule. So I think we kind of like just fly by the seat of our pants and realize, okay, have we spent time this week? No, then tomorrow we're going to do it. And we just make the time but not force ourselves to have a strict schedule as to what certain day we're going to be doing something together.
1: Oh, certainly. That makes perfect sense, actually. Is there anything about yourself that we'd be surprised to know? Something you can um, tell me, maybe that no one well, knows you know about what?
0: I, I think I don't know exactly how it will be reflected on the show, but I am a very outgoing woman and very positive woman. You know, things happen in our lives that can make us feel bad, or certain situations that will create a lot of stress. But I am, I think, one of the most positive women that exists out there. You know, it's I believe in a positive attitude, and that faith can can move mountains. So I don't know how exactly that will be reflected on the show because I, I am not uh, privy to any of the editing, but I am a person that's always smiling, and you'll see that that will get criticized on the show. And I think it just gets criticized because some of the other women just find, you know, insecurities in themselves to just criticize my smiling. But then again, I am promoting my dental practice, so why not smile? Oh, <laughs> of I'm
1: course. That kind of goes person. without saying. Exactly, gotcha. exactly. Ah, I gotcha. you. Okay, and, of course, obviously, um, <clears throat> excuse me, again, as it relates to your personal life, do you feel that um, at any given point in time because you're out and about and because people recognize you, has that become something that you're comfortable with or do you still kind of struggle with that? Do I struggle with what I'm sorry? Oh, that's okay. Um, obviously because you're an individual that is recognizable. Especially because yeah. of your television, your practice—is that something oh, yeah. that you that you still struggle with, or in terms of you want some to maintain some of that privacy, or you become very comfortable with that?
0: You know what? I think every person, even though they are in this field, uh, wants to maintain some type of privacy. But you know, I think because I have been doing this for quite a while, not to the level of the real houses of Miami, but. So obviously, a smaller level, um, you just learn to get used to it. If you have a passion for it, you kind of were born into this type of lifestyle and into the arts and into the TV. So most of the people I will tell you are so sweet when they do recognize you and are always having nice, positive comments to say. And they're like, "Oh my gosh, I saw you last night. You looked great." And it's actually very rewarding. And you know, I think I owe it to the fans of the show and fans of myself to I just take two seconds out of my day. Even if I'm having lunch or dinner with friends or family, to to just appreciate them, and, and if they want to take a picture with me, why not? You know, thanks to them, they're what makes our shows a huge success. So I think it's part of our obligation to to to, to show that appreciation to everyone, whether it's a fan or, or a viewer or anybody else. That's
1: amazing, wonderful. Now, without disclosing an overabundance of information, now what can our viewers expect to see unfold this season?
0: Well, I tell you, I think we display Miami in the most beautiful light. It is a gorgeous city, very tropical. You have, you know, a multitude of different cultures and different ethnicities. So you see a lot of great events, lots of fashion, lots of drama, laughing, crying, slapping. You name it. We will have it on the show.
1: Ah, Wonderful. Now, if I were to ask you to describe each one of your castmates in one word, what would you say?
0: Gosh, I don't know if one word would be enough
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was <laughs> okay, gonna say I to realize that I'm asking women. a lot. You are having
0: seven vivacious, strong willed, opinionated women that I don't know if uh one word would be would justify yeah, a description for them. I'll be honest with you there.
1: Okay, that's perfectly fine, and I do notice that, you know, and I I always, for some reason, and you've met her and I haven't, Marisol's mother just tickles me pink. There's something about her that's just very dynamic and very different to me, and I like the concept of having a parent on the show. I think that's amazing that you all accent your families. I think it's wonderful. Yes. Um, I wanted to ask if you have any particular new products or promotional items that we can look forward to seeing in the future.
0: I do. I have a few, and we're still in the preliminary stages of organizing, you know, the different products that we're gonna come out with. But you have to stay tuned, and uh, I'm sure you'll find out soon enough.
1: Ah, okay, goodness gracious. Now, is it your intention, or do you know of that you'll be doing public events in the future where your fans or individuals could come and actually meet you, like a meet and greet or anything along those lines?
0: Actually, yes, several. I actually had one last Thursday in which we had the premiere of the show. Where I uh, had the opportunity to meet a few hundred people that came out for a viewing party hosted by myself in Miami, and it was so wonderful and great to meet the fans and feel their excitement for the show. It just it gave it like a nice boost. It was kind of like a pep rally for to start off the season.
1: Ah, I gotcha. Okay, fine. Um, and then of course uh, that information. If at any point in time that you're going to be any particular place or having an appearance, where would we find that information?
0: You definitely with my publicist, Liza Santana. She is the one that coordinates my schedules and appearances. So Creativa's group is her company, and she also has a Twitter, at Liza Santana. And usually if Liza has written it, you know, my Twitter is at Karen Sarah. I'm usually retweeting it and posting where I will be in what events and in what city.
1: Oh, certainly. I've gotcha. Now, as it relates to the foundation, could you speak to us a bit on uh, the formulation of that and tell us what the purpose is and how we can get involved?
0: Well, definitely. It actually started with uh, my best friend, Maribel Rodriguez, who's a reporter here in, uh, here in Miami for CBS. And we were just having an idea that we just wanted to get involved. How can we give back? I don't come from a very affluent family. I come from a middle-class family in which we were taught to study and you know have an education, which is wonderful, but I didn't have the resources financially to just give back. But I, say, I realized, I go, what better way to give back than with my own talents, which is my dentistry. Starting from there, that's where we got the idea, well, why don't we open up a foundation for underprivileged children that do not have the resources to go to a dentist. We all know that dentistry is not inexpensive. You know, there is a cost involved. And unfortunately, what people don't understand is that it may not be a severe cancer disease, but there is a correlation between health in your oral mouth and heart disease and all this bacteria that if this is not cleaned and inside the mouth it can relate to accumulating you know all this plaque within the valve of the heart and into your bloodstream so i was very adamant about wanting to do something and and devote and share my time to be able to to treat some of these children in, in south florida and we definitely have different Sharing Smile Day in South Florida. We try to do two to three a year in which we have children fostered in and carried in from different organizations, whether they're foster homes or just uh, meeting places. And we're able to see all these children and create like a little party for them, you know, and let them see that going to the dentist is not a fearful thing. You know, we try to make it fun. We sing songs with them. We see the kids, but we also try to make it interactive with them so that I believe that knowledge is power. So the more they know, the less they have to fear.
1: Okay, and if someone wanted to volunteer to donate, how would they get involved with that?
0: They can reach Liza Santana or myself, and our foundation is a 501c3, which is a non-for-profit organization, and uh, they can reach out to Liza or myself, and we'll be more than happy to give them more information on that, which would be definitely very greatly appreciated.
1: Wonderful. And also, I don't forget anything here, just to let everybody know. You are obviously, as you mentioned, on Twitter, which your handle is at Karen Sierra, which is K-A-R-E-N-T-S-I-E-R-R-A, in case anybody doesn't know that. I know that you have a Facebook page, so individuals can subscribe to all of your updates. Um, Your obvious business page being Com. Obviously for anyone who's listening to the show, you know that The Real Housewives of Miami is on the Bravo channel and that's on Thursday evenings. Have I missed anything, young lady?
0: You I you are very uh complete. You got it all. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you so very much. Actually, I have to tell you that this has probably been one of the best experiences I have had all week. I was very excited to do this. I I I enjoy watching your show. I think you're very dynamic and powerful, and you have a very strong presence about yourself. Very intelligent woman, very camera friendly, and um, I just I think you're very just very passionate about everything that you do, and I think that's very admirable. And I just hope that all of your endeavors, excuse me, endeavors are very successful. And certainly, oh, if you've thank ever you had so anything, much. Oh, my goodness. Certainly. If you have anything else you, I wish really promoted, you, you want to come back and tell me how great the season was at the end of the year, you have an open invitation to. Uh,
0: oh, to come back to thank you so time. much. I will make sure to do that. Let's wait, you know, oh, as the as, uh, as season uh, moves forward, I'll be more than happy to call in again, and so we can have a conversation and just chit chat about the show. <laughs>
1: That would be absolutely wonderful, and certainly I'm going to make it a point, because I do get out to Florida, that um, I myself am an advocate for being afraid of the dentist. So I might just come and knock on your door and say, Karen, I need to talk you." Well, I you will
0: know, be there. more than happy to see you. <laughs> just make sure you give me a ring when you are in town. I will
1: I'll show totally you around
0: today. our town, our beautiful city, and, and be happy to treat you as a dentist.
1: Oh, you're so absolutely wonderful. Well, thank you so much. I will let you get back to your day, and I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and certainly um, it's been a privilege.
0: Thank you so much. Likewise to you. Have a beautiful day, and thank you so much oh, you. for just allowing me to uh, have the viewers and the listeners, you know, get to know me a little better.
1: I appreciate your time. Thank you so much, dear. You take care.
0: Likewise to you. Bye-bye, city.
1: Thanks. Okay, that was my exclusive interview with Kieran Sierra. I just wanted to once again reiterate her Facebook page being Current Sierra. You can find her on Twitter with the same handle name, her business name being SierraDentalSpa.com. And The Real Housewives of Miami actually pre- uh, premiered two weeks ago, and they play on Thursday evenings. You can actually tune into the Bravo channel if, by chance, any of you haven't seen the former episodes that have aired as of yet. I believe there's only been two thus far. Um, There's just two points of business that I wish to address, of course, before I go off-air today. The first of which is um, I have been asking for the last few weeks and uh, remain cognizant to do so. I am chairing a fundraiser on October 20th from 7 to 11 p.m., and this being, of course, for the benefit for the Wisconsin Breast Cancer Coalition and in association with my dear friend Leah Desmone, who is a uh, Chicago mob wife. Uh, Being the chair, obviously, I have tremendous responsibilities as it relates to the entire event. I am doing a silent auction. I am doing a date auction. I am doing a mini fashion show. I have a list of 10 vendors that are participating, in addition to which we will have an information table from the Cancer Coalition. We will also have a meet and greet as it relates to having Leah DeSimone and her entire family there. So there's a little bit of everything for everyone that entire evening. And so basically I'm imploring to all of my listeners to do the following. If you happen to know any individuals who might want to volunteer, uh, any individuals who would be interested in donating something from their business, Donating their time, if you happen to know any individuals who would just wish to participate or attend the event, certainly by all means try to reach me any way possible. I have a Twitter handle, which is at SANDB111, a Facebook page for my show, which is, of course, Sin's Chat Corner. You can leave me a message on my actual page for my show, in addition to which, my direct email address is CIN4251. At gmail.com. So, certainly, please feel free to go ahead and get in contact with me at any given point in time. The second issue that we have on the uh, docket for today, obviously, is I wish to speak a moment about bipolar disorder. Uh, in case any of you happen to listen to the show on a regular basis, you would know then that I, of course, suffer from bipolar and have so for a number of years. Uh, Very recently, I was privy to having my first informational meeting regarding the taping of my documentary, and I'm pleased to report that I've found all my participants. I'm very excited at the prospect of making my dream a reality as it relates to providing awareness and exposure, education, and hopefully trying to raise adequate funds for the treatment of bipolar disorder, specifically as it relates to Milwaukee, of course, because this is my home base. Um, So, as I said, I was very lucky last night to meet the individuals who are participating in this. Certainly, again, I'm throwing it out for two reasons. First off, uh, as I might have said, I am always in need of volunteers and help, so if an individual is out there who wishes to become involved in this project, reaching out to uh, various different organizations for help as far as the establishment of public service announcements or if you happen to know anyone in the mental health field that you feel might be detrimental, or excuse me, not detrimental, but might be informational as it relates to the documentary, I would certainly welcome any and all forms of participation from anyone, from any field that's relative to our cause and what we're trying to do. Um, Second of all, certainly, if any of you individuals um, are experiencing what I am lately, which is I'm in a very manic state for the last seven days or so, or have been experiencing or in the past have lived and managed to go through manic episodes, I'm certainly welcome to any advice that you've had. Um, I've been on an eight-day string right now where I just can't seem to get out of this episode. So sometimes it's best to go to your listening audience and say, hey, do you have any good advice for me? So, please, again, feel free to reach out. My show page, my Facebook page, Twitter handle again is at SANDB111, or my uh, email address being CIN4251 at gmail.com. So, my last little bit of information is this coming Sunday, my next interview will be with uh, celebrity actor Nick Grosvenor. In case you wish to do some research on him, that's G R O S. V-E-N-O-R And again, that will be 6 o'clock Standard Time this coming Sunday So, until I speak with you again I hope you have an absolutely wonderful weekend Um, Stay out of the rain Because apparently, according to Wisconsin weather here It's not looking too terrific for this weekend Once again, my very dear thanks to both Karen and Liz for arranging and setting up this interview. It was absolutely wonderful. And certainly uh, this will be available as an archived episode later today, and I will make it a point to get it off and onto uh, YouTube so that we can get some national exposure. So again, have a good day, and I look forward to talking to you on Sunday.